Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hell yeah. Let's get this dumpster fire started, man. What up? Welcome to Dumpster Fire Cinema. My name is Aaron. And I'm Jordan. And today, what are we talking about, Jordan? We are going to be talking about Dazed and Confused. I fucking love this movie. This I is do like one too. of my favorite movies ever. I've been so excited all day long. I'm like, oh, I get to talk about this movie. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, so we watched it last night. Yeah, uh, we we had a bit of a movie night thing, mm-hmm. and it was like a blast from the past. I loved every second of it. It was it a little really bit was. hard at first because the opening scenes with fucking Slater slatering up the place, they just <laughs> make me cringe because. When I was what? like 14, 15 years old, I straight up wanted to be Slater so bad. <laughs> and I fucking, I ran around doing that same cheesy shit. And it just kills me to see that because that was, that was me. I, I'm just to, like, oh God, I can't believe, oh no. Cringe for days, man. You have to admit though, that is probably one of the coolest openings in a movie. I Sweet mean, emotions. Yes. I was, you know, I was thinking about this uh, I, this morning when I was, you know, getting ready for work. I was like, we should open the show by busting out some sweet emotions. But there's no way I could harmonize with you. I just couldn't have no. it. It would be terrible. It would be <laughs> well, awful. Well, I mean, we could try. No, but no, I would, no. I would really like to. Let's, let's not. Yeah. I don't want to scare not. away our people. I want to keep people. some of my dignity. <laughs> just want to maintain a little bit of it. Yeah, but them just like pulling into the parking lot and it's like slow motion and Aerosmith is playing like you can't you can't get cooler than that. No, you just really can't. It's straight up like the perfect start to a movie. It really is. It was amazing. Yeah, it really is. So uh, looking up fun information just to kind of start it out. This was all filmed in the Austin area, like Austin, Georgetown, just all of those areas and imdb gives exact addresses for the filming locations yeah so if you were ever like i want to take a road trip and go see all the places that they filmed imdb has them it's it's actually pretty cool and i mean i would feel bad if people were actually living at those houses now because you don't have people just drive by and like oh that's where they filmed days and confused but i grew up um in this area i lived Mm -hmm. in georgetown hung out in austin a lot so a lot of these places are, are pretty well known to me. But what I didn't know was that um, the Emporium, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where the, the pool hall, where you have the infamous, I get older, they stay the same yeah. age line <laughs> uh, out in front of, uh-huh. is actually a barbecue place that I've been to a bunch of times. That's fucking really? awesome. It's called Style Switch. And it's one of those places that they, you know, they cook in the morning and they serve it until it's gone. But man, it is so fucking good. I'm going to have to go find that now. Go check it out. It's great. It's great. It's uh, over on uh, Burnett Road, I think. And also on Burnett Road is the Top Notch Burger. Oh. And it's still there. It's still Top nice. Notch Burgers. Well, now I'm going to have to just go down there just for that and just take pictures and be like, hey, guys, look where I am. Like a nerd. 
So um, Nikki said something last night about the history of the moon tower. I don't know what she meant by that. Okay, so the the moonlight towers in Austin are, um, first of all, they didn't actually film at a moon tower in this movie. They built the moon tower. It's a set. Because uh, they didn't film it in Lambda Park where the moon towers are. They filmed it in West Enfield Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wanted it to look like Lambda Park where they have the moon towers. Mm-hmm. The moon towers were built way back in like the 18-somethings when there wasn't street lights. Right. And they were basically big street lights that would cover uh, the entire fort. There was a fort there. I can't remember the name of the fort. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but they were built because of this guy called the Servant Girl Annihilator. He was a serial killer, and he was killing servant girls. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So they built these nine towers that basically all pointed into the town so that every inch of the town could be seen at all times. At least that's how the legend goes. There are huh. people that dispute that. Not everyone's in agreement on that, but that is the the legend of the moon towers. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so this movie was released in 1993, set in 1976. It is set on a specific day, May 28th, 1976. Yeah. The last day of school. Yeah. So it's, uh, they did a really good job with the, um, just with the, the clothing and the hair. We were talking about that last night about how, um, it was just super, like the hair was amazing and the clothes were great and it just... I mean, I probably would still wear some of that stuff today. Like, not even going to lie, because it's it's really cool. All all the women in the movie have these deep blue, like, eyeshadow things Mm -hmm. going on. Like, all of them. And I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. I don't know if that was really a thing. That might have been like a like a regional style. You know, that may have been something because I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen people with their eyes done like that in movies set in the 70s. I mean, occasionally. But in yeah. that one, everybody had it. Well, because the, the bright eyeshadow is more of like an 80s thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Yeah. But maybe Austin was just a little ahead of the curve on that. Oh, Austin, you weirdo. Love Always Austin. ahead of the curve. I, f- I fucking love Austin. This is the greatest city in the world. It is. It is pretty awesome. So this was director, directored this is- <laughs> uh, by Richard Linklater, which uh, looking him up, I didn't realize that he has done so much cool stuff. Um, he did, well, Days of Confused also, um, he did Boyhood, which was nominated for several Academy Awards and it won one. Uh, Patricia Arquette won um, Best Actress in a leading role. She was great. It took 12 years to bake. 12 years to freaking make. Um, he also did the, um, before sunrise, before midnight with Ethan Hawke and after the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I hated those movies. Oh, those were, they're so pretty though. Yes. They look good. They're well shot. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also did, uh, a scanner darkly, which also darkly also stars Rory Rory Cochran. Cochran. And uh, and also we've got um, the guy who played Clint was also in Scanner Darkly as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, quite a few of the people in this movie were in Scanner Darkly. Wiley yeah. Wiggins was in there. Have you seen Waking Life? I have not. It's it's a weird, weird film, which yeah. I love. You should see it. It's pretty good. Uh, Boyhood was shit. I'm glad it got an Oscar, Aww. but it was shit. Um I uh, I mean, it could be the best movie ever made. I don't know. I didn't finish it because it was too fucking long. 
and it was so boring. You I know, he's making it. a, he made a new movie with uh, Steve Carell and it's, it's called The Last Flag and it's about these Vietnam vets who like have a reunion and it looks like it's really good. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So. I have to check that out. Yeah. Could be interesting. I, I've always kind of kept an eye on Richard Linklater's career, but there just hasn't been much to keep an eye on. I guess because he spent so much time doing Boyhood. But hey, hey, he did School of Rock. We can't forget. I forgot he did School, School of, of Rock. Rock. Okay, School of Rock was a great fucking movie. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was awesome. I, for, I forgot that was Linklater. Mm-hmm. He did Suburbia, which was a great movie. Also, in Suburbia was uh, Parker Posey and Nikki Cat. Mm-hmm. And Giovanni Ribisi. Apparently, uh, he got to him through his sister. Uh, <laughs> got to him. <laughs> well, Giovanni Ribisi's a big fucking star, man. He totally is. He really is. He's going to be in Avatar movies until 2025. <laughs> Aww. Poor guy's going to be the Mila Hovavik and the Kate Beckinsale of the Avatar universe. Oh no. Another <laughs> Richard Linklater movie that's near and dear to my heart is Slacker. If this is a movie about nothing, Slacker is even more about nothing (laughs) because it's literally just him following people around in the streets of Austin. Some of it's scripted. Some of it's not. Alex Jones is in this movie. He's driving an ice cream truck, screaming (laughs) into a bullhorn about the New World Order. This was the first time Alex (laughs) Jones ever made it out of Austin. Like this was I mean, this was 93, right? This was many years before 9-11, which is what brought alex jones into prominence so right yeah so alex jones was a local character at this point so this is like huh. real deal fucking full-blown crazy honest alex jones oh that's awesome i'll have to check it out now I'll yeah have to check it out it, it was almost like a movie full of vignettes it almost felt like segments uh because it would follow yeah. a couple of people and they would talk and there was this one woman who had madonna's pubic hair she had ended up buying off of an auction somewhere a baby jar a baby food jar full of madonna's pubic hair and she just showed it off and talked about it oh that's just that's disgusting (laughs) it was little things like that just austin people well dazed and confused is kind of like that it follows the same group of people through the whole day i mean that's pretty much what it is there's there's not really any action there's no special effects like it's just following around stoners while they figure out how they're gonna party after their last day of school like it's just it's but it's done in such a cool way um, because despite the fact that these kids are about to be seniors, so they're not seniors yet, but they're about to be seniors and they're stoners. The dialogue is incredibly intelligent. Yeah. Like the things they're saying, I'm like, I don't know if I would have said that when I was 16 years old. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's really very smart. And obviously we have kids playing these roles and they're older playing high school or kids but it's just it to me it's just so cool to listen to them talk and flow with each other and and you know richard linklater actually um writes and produces most of his movies but he definitely wrote this one and so it just kind of sh- goes to show just how creative and and just how smart he actually is so yes it is considered a stoner movie but it is a very smart stoner movie so it is smart, but I will tell you this. When I watched this movie, because this was like, when this came out, uh, it immediately became my jam, and I watched it like a hundred times. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a good 20 years, 
<laughs> and listening to the high school nerds talk. Anthony Rapp and Adam Goldberg. Yeah, and Marissa Rabisi, the sister of Giovanni Rabisi and yeah. Beck's wife. The singer That's Beck's Beck. wife? That is his wife, yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Scientologist. Yay. Yay. Hail <laughs> Zenu. Anyways, um, every time those three are on screen and they're doing their dialogue, I, I just feel like Richard Linkletter was just verbally masturbating onto the page. Well, they are the coolest nerds ever, though. And that, like, I don't, I mean. They you, are. You're giving Still, me that face. But it's true because they're, they are very definitely, like, in their own group and they're just very, very nerdy. But at the same time. I want to hang out with them. Like, yeah, I want absolutely. to hang out with them. I want to talk to them. I want to be their friends. And so they're definitely the, the coolest nerds. They are. They, they are the coolest nerds. The junior high nerds, however, are the absolute biggest dorks in the whole world on this movie. They are We're, little twits. We got Carl Hirschfelder, Mitch Kramer, of course. <laughs> and there's another one named Tommy, but he disappeared. Like you see him in the first scene in the yeah. junior high scene. With uh, with Mr. Payne, 50 men leaving on a mission, 25 of you ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Um, in that scene, there was a, there was Tommy. And he, yeah. he looked kind of like Butthead, you know, from Beavis and Butthead. He totally did. But he disappeared. You never saw him again after that scene. He was replaced with Hirschfelder. I never noticed that. Yeah. I never noticed that. See, what always gets me, though, is that they leave poor mitch they're just like well they're gonna get you anyway so you might as well just take it fucking carl if they'd come up to me later on like asking where the party is i'd be like you guys left me we are not friends anymore i don't want to hang out with you you left me to get paddled by the psychos ben affleck was fantastic in this movie he really was he was one of the few people that I've seen play an asshole that I actually hated their actor for a while because I was like, oh, that's that fucking guy. I've seen this movie a bazillion times and I did not realize until last night and I felt like a huge dumbass. I did not realize that that character wanted to be held back so that he could paddle freshmen two years in a row. Yeah. that I You told me that and my mind was blown. I was like, he flunked his senior year so he could be a dick two years in a row. <laughs> I just, it, it's just amazing to me. I mean, I actually went to school with guys who probably would have done something like that. Had we allowed allowed paddling and any kind of that horrible torture that all the freshmen had to go through, I'm sure that there were some guys in my, you know, that I went to school with that would have done that exact thing. And this was just straight up physical abuse, was yes, it not? Yes, it totally was. And it's... I don't know. The first time that I watched this movie, watching the freshman girls, like, I feel like oh, they yeah. got it worse than they the They totally guys. did. They totally did. The guys just have to go through a paddling, which probably sucks. But the girls are humiliated and they're like condiments are thrown on them and flour. And they're just they're they're abused by Parker Posey, who is the she looks I mean, she's got she looks like a bitch. Like, that's just how she looks. And even when she's smiling and not in a role. She looks like a bitch. Like, she will scratch your eyes out if you don't watch yourself around Parker Posey. <laughs> For a movie like this, you have to have the right kind of people. Because 
again, it's a movie about nothing. It's a, about stoners going to a party. And if you have the wrong people, it just, it wouldn't have worked. It really wouldn't have. But the fact that you have Jason London, Rory Cochran, um, Adam Goldberg, Anthony Rapp, you've got Matthew McConaughey with his classic. McConaughey. Oh my God, he was so good. He's just a creep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a total creep. If I, If you look at my notes here, there are so many points where I just say, Oh God, McConaughey is such a fucking creep. But he's, he's, you've got a token weird guy in every group. Like he's the one that is just kind of scuzzy and weird, but everybody, and, and like, he's constantly astounding everybody at at how horrible he actually is, (laughs) but everybody loves him and they love him being around probably because he provides weed and and alcohol. alcohol. He's an old guy. But you know, I, I, I remember, well, okay, he wasn't, like, old, but there was a guy that we hung out with that was kind of weird and perverted, but we were like, we love you anyway, and we're going to invite you to our stuff. Like, that's kind of what reminds me of that. He's just the token weird guy in every group. Well, and we had that guy, too, and he was also a creep. They were always creeps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about it is, is watching this movie when I was a kid, I was like, oh, Winterson's cool as shit. <laughs> But watching it now, it's like, oh my god, cringe. Yeah, it's kind. He's kind of hard to take. Yeah. Well, every everything about this movie is just so laid back. Like I think about um, what's his face, the um, taller version of Tyrion. Yeah, uh, his name was Don. Don. Yeah. All last night we were talking about how he looked like Tyrion. Like Tyrion, like a big Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. Um, there's that part where he just hits on the teacher. Like he's just like basically telling her that he wants to have sex with her and all she does is like pity pat him on the head like <laughs> poor horny teenager in this day and age they would have been like oh oh yeah you are just he'd go to jail oh. yeah he'd go to jail like it's just everybody's like cool and laid back everybody's parents is non-existent like everybody just kind of there no, there's nowhere to be seen no yeah, parents. no, that's true. The only parents we see are Pickford's parents, and, and Pickford's parents know what's up, man. Yeah, but the funny thing is, is that his parents, and maybe it's just his mom, because obviously his dad is kind of, he knows that his son is a drug dealer. Randall Pink Floyd and Slater come up to Pickford's house to buy drugs from him, and the mom is like, did you get all A's? Or she's like, how'd you do in school? And Slater's like, all A's! And I'm going... How could you possibly believe that? Look at that boy. There is no possible way. The only thing that he probably got an A in is woodworking class because he making made bongs. making bongs. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. But the parents just don't give a shit, including the teachers. Like all the junior high kids are in class. They hear the high schoolers come up with the bullhorn, basically telling them that they're going to beat their asses. And the teachers are like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like nobody's going to be like, hey, no, that's that's. What? No, don't go outside. That's so dangerous. Yeah. Sasha Jensen uh, played Don. And I know Sasha Jensen from Ghoulies 2. Did you ever see Ghoulies 2? No. He was he was the kid in Ghoulies 2. He didn't do anything after this movie. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, he was a child actor and then he was nothing. It's funny because the, the cast is kind of divided between people who went to get huge like become huge stars and then people who just fell off the face of the earth like we never saw them again we never heard from him again but i'm thinking of like uh matthew mcconaughey and yeah. ben affleck one of the biggest and, stars two of the biggest stars in ever hollywood it was mcconaughey's first film uh was it really yeah it wasn't uh ben affleck's first film but 
this is certainly the film that jump-started both of their careers. And probably Renee Zellweger. Did you know Renee Zellweger's in this movie? No. Renee Zellweger is the chick that walks in front of Wooderson when he goes, fresh crop of high school girls this year. <gasps> oh my the, God. She, she is also the uh, beer bong operator. Parker Posey takes a beer bong like at the very beginning of the Moon Tower sequence yeah uh, parker posey takes a beer bong well it is it is uh it, it's renee zellweger that administers that beer bong oh my lord that is she, she did not speak in this movie that's hilarious i'm gonna have to go like specifically go to those scenes and watch for her because that's she, amazing it, she's very hard to spot and she's really young in this and it's just funny to think that renee zellweger is the actress that that preceded the uh the famous line I get older and they stay the same age. <laughs> they were talking about her. That That's just perfect. makes me feel weird. That is so perfect. Of course, Renee Zellweger worked with Rory Cochran again on Empire Records, which yes. we are totally going to review. Oh, one because that is my jam. Yeah. So I have to put this out there because Rory Cochran just has a very special place in my heart. Mine too like he's he's my husband and he doesn't know it that's just really what it is i mean i i felt i pretty much like felt really hard for him and and dazed and confused i don't know what it is about him like he's just so stinking cute like he's just he's so good at being a stoner and then i went i the next thing i saw him in was empire records and then it just got better and then he played tim speedle in csi miami and it got even and i don't know like he's and the thing is is like he's not He's not like front and center, but he has all of these bit parts that are really good. Like he's in Argo. He's in a new movie with Christian Bale where he's playing a background character. Like he's just got. He was on Black Mass. He he totally was. Yeah. He totally was. But Mm -hmm. I saw him on a made for Netflix movie where he was like this insane person that barricaded himself in an apartment complex because he thought that there was a dead. Did Did you see this movie? I saw the trailer for it. It was great. It was yeah. fucking great, but he looked like shit. <laughs> yeah, he was four Slater's big and just bald and batshit insane. And then I saw a picture of him that was taken like two weeks ago. He looks fucking great again. So yeah, like, good for you, Rory Cochran. See that, but he's a, he's a chameleon. He, he can, is. He can do so many different things. I love it. Yeah, but he's always got that same dopey look on his face. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan. I, I really loved him in Love in a 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was another movie that came out pretty damn close to the same time as Days to Confuse that I was like way into. It's another one of those ones I watched over and over again. Yeah, the other the other um, I guess crush of the movie is Jason London. Um, I was pretty I was pretty obsessed with him for a little while. And why are you making that face? <laughs> because I only realized today that he's not the guy from Mallrats. No, it's Jeremy. Yeah, but you said that. You said that when we were talking about it, you you said Jeremy London. Well, because I thought that Jeremy London was in Dazed and Confused. <laughs> I, I just had those two mixed up. For those, they're of you, identical. For those of yeah, for those of you who don't know, Jason London is a twin. Uh, Jeremy also does film, and I went to Jason's IMDb page to see what he's done recently, and I remember him from stuff like I mean, he's done cam like bit parts in. Yeah. CSI and um, Seventh Heaven and I mean he's done just a bunch of stuff but like going through the list he's done a bunch of obscure 
weird left field stuff that you probably would only know about if you were looking for that thing specifically like it's yeah i creeped his imdb page too and i didn't see anything that i knew he's been working but he hadn't done anything of note yeah yeah i mean i I think um he's just he's just real cute and in this movie like he's such a nice guy oh he's the nicest guy in the world isn't he he doesn't paddle anyone (laughs) he's so nice to mitch like he's just He's a great guy. Oh, Pink. Well, I love you, that's Pink. That's another thing that I have in my notes about Sasha Jensen and uh, and also Jason O. Smith, who was the token black guy in this movie. Yeah. These guys are really nice guys, but they still paddled Mitch Kramer, so I cannot give them a pass. Well. I don't give a fuck. You're just as bad as O'Banion. <laughs> You're just as bad. You're no better. That's true. You're no better than O'Banion. You're still abusing the shit out of people. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, if if I were a freshman, it would scare the shit out of me. Yes. For real. But if I were a senior, I don't know. Everybody is pretty much accepting of the hazing at this point. Yeah. Like, where they're hazing all the freshman girls, everybody's just sitting out in the parking lot watching. It's true. This they're is just- institutionalized pretty much pretty much and everybody's just okay with it and it's just funny and i don't know if i could just not do it like i I don't know brutal it is like the beatings that obanion delivers to these kids is just oh and obanion he like paddles like 50 kids throughout the course of this movie yeah like it's his fucking job future batman had problems (laughs) as a future (laughs) batman was conflicted he was he was but i mean i don't know what that says about me that i me saying if i was a teenager in the 70s i would totally condone the hazing that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying it's such a tradition probably that i don't know if i would be like no that's terrible you can't do that like i would probably sit in my car and watch too like i don't know maybe that's just me i don't know i don't know i i mean yeah i guess i would but uh it's just watching it watching it now it's just like wow it's pretty damn hardcore yeah so do you think when when they made this movie do you think that they knew it would be an instant cult classic no i have absolutely no doubt that they thought it was going to fail completely well yeah see but okay so their um their budget was like six million nine hundred thousand dollars yeah so but they grossed at seven million nine hundred ninety three thousand so, I mean, they made their money back and then a little bit more. So it wasn't a, it wasn't really a failure. I think it was, and I think it actually did pretty well, but it just wasn't like. Well, it did, it did better than break even. So, you know, yeah. but it was definitely a cult hit. Yeah. It I definitely mean, when didn't... this movie came out, people like myself mm-hmm. were all about this movie. I mean, it, it got out <laughs> there. It got out there. Uh, yeah. It wasn't, it didn't take a year or two for it to hit. It was an instant hit. I, I'm honestly surprised it only made seven million. Well, I it didn't really gain a whole lot of popularity until. God, well, it, I don't know if it was even as popular when I first saw it. I was at least in eighth grade when I saw it for the first time. You probably missed the fervor over it. Yeah, because I remember when it came out, I was in eighth grade and everybody had seen it. My mom's probably not listening, but if she is. Um, I would go to my best friend Ashley's house on the weekends and we would get every movie that I wasn't allowed to watch and <laughs> Dazed and Confused was one of them. Nice. And 
we watched it so much that we we quoted it as much as possible. I mean, we'd we'd pass each other in the hallways and be like, "Chick you later, chick you oh, later," oh. and we thought it was so hilarious. And nobody else got the jokes. They all thought we were nerds, and I was just like, "You're missing out. That's that's your problem, not mine." Yeah, it's a super quotable movie. It I, is super quotable. So many good quotes. Yeah, I. The other thing that we would always ask people is we'd come up to them and we'd get all squinty eyed and be like, are you cool, man? Are you cool? And they'd be like, what the fuck? I'd take any excuse to say it'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> I've probably said that like 10 times just this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. And you just, you just catch like little moments that always that just always make me giggle. Like when Mitch goes up to Sabrina and he actually throws her a peace sign. Like the, yeah. he just like, instead of waving, he just does a peace sign. And it's just little stuff like that. That just makes it so cool. It I don't know. I really want to be in that movie so badly. <laughs> I need there to be a dazed and confused too. So I can be in that movie. They should, uh, we should do like a dazed and confused, like Renaissance fair kind of thing where everybody <laughs> just dresses up as hippies and we just run around in a like a recreation of austin in the that, 70s that well i was gonna say the renaissance festival is kind of like that anyway but you yeah know. <laughs> so how about mila hovovic in this movie oh my lord apparently sh- she shot a lot more stuff because she's got on record saying that she was really really uh disappointed that she was barely in the movie at all uh, apparently she did see that footage. Yeah. I want to see the, the, the cutting room floor footage of Mila Ovovic because she barely spoke in this movie. She was eye candy in this movie. They put her on the cover mm-hmm. and they, they had her sing and she sounded great, mm-hmm. but mostly she was just there. But she was so cool though. Yeah. Like she was there, but you wanted to be her too because she's just so relaxed and chill and yeah she doesn't talk but she's friends with everyone and i don't know like she got married to the guy who plays pickford oh yeah during the during the filming of this movie <laughs> and her mother got an annulled because she was 14 years old wow oh wow yeah that's crazy i i mean i guess if you're no, I still wouldn't do that. Even if I was a teenager, I would be like, mm, nah, I'm good. Peace. Yeah, <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and it's kind of sad. I read an interview with a bunch of the cast and, and Linklater. Mila Hovovic and Sean Andrews kind of segregated themselves from the rest of the group uh, while Aww. they were filming. They, they kind of fucked off and did their own thing. And I thought that was kind of sad because, you know, That's a bummer. I was real. I really like Pickford. I mean, I can't say just a whole lot about Mila Hovovic's character because yeah. she didn't say much. She didn't do much. I She was striking. I, I remembered her the next time I saw her. I was like, oh, she was on Days of Confused. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I really I really liked uh, Pickford's character. I thought he was cool as shit. How did his parents not know he was a drug dealer? He, he had like an opium den for a room. He totally it did. It was like the coolest <laughs> place ever, man. Like I said, I think the dad knew, but I'm pretty sure the mom was, was pretty clueless. I think the dad knew that he was into partying, but... I don't think he knew the extent Man, of it. If the if only the beer hadn't come early. I know. What a horrible thing to have happen. I mean, that just busted it all up, didn't it? It totally did. But it ended up being better because going out to the moon tower was uh was a better choice, I think. And I think uh Parker Posey was totally gonna wreck his fucking house. <laughs> 
I wouldn't. I would yeah. invite her. Not a chance. Yeah, but the thing is, is and th- and I noticed this about, and I don't know if he wrote it this way or if it, it's because the cast was so good. I don't really know, but everybody, whether you were a nerd or whether you were a cool kid or a jock, whatever, everybody knew each other and was friends with each other. Yeah, like nobody was just. There were no cliques. There was no elitism between the people. Everybody knew everybody's business and everybody was cool and they just flowed together. And it made me sadly, oddly nostalgic for my high school because I kind of wish that I had gone to a school like that where everybody was just cool. Like, yes, you play football and yes, you do band and you do drama, but we are all friends and we all hang out with each other and there's no there's no cliques or anything like that. Like, that's just the first thing that you get about this movie is the camaraderie. Like, yeah, everybody does seem to get along pretty well, except for Clint and everyone. Clint yeah. like kicks five people's asses throughout the court. He's just beating people up constantly, <laughs> Clint. But you know what? He didn't fucking paddle any goddamn freshman. So he's That's already true. better than O'Banion, even if he is probably like the second biggest he's the second biggest asshole in this movie i guess yeah that's that's true we're talking about clint with the handlebar mustache oh Pro, yeah that the greaser that adam, guy that adam goldberg tries to beat up that he he gets on this kick about being pushed around by these masculine assholes and so he feels like he just he can't get over the fact that he needs to start a fight and so he just goes up to clint and just punches him in the face and then clint beats the shit just out fucks him. Him. well he has this whole plan he's gonna he says that, you know, most fights don't last past a punch or two, so he figures if he gets in and throws a punch oh, yeah. and plays defense, <laughs> then he'll be fine. But nobody came and stopped the fight. Finally, Pink <laughs> and Don show up and yeah. break it up. But, like, by that point, Adam Goldberg's character has already just been fucking wrecked, man. Yeah, he has. I mean, he just got destroyed. Mm-hmm. What cracks me up about those guys is that they hang around Cynthia and they give her a, a hard time because... Um, because Matthew McConaughey's character like <laughs> hits on her and they're like, oh, he's so disgusting. But they won't ask her out themselves. Like they give her all this shit, but they're just like too, I don't know. I don't know if they like don't like her like that or what it is, but they just give her such a hard time. And, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character is very charming. I would probably, oh I'd probably have a little crush on him. Like even if I knew that he was a creep, I'd be like, he totally hit on me. Ha <laughs> ha. And she starts picking her fro yeah. after he after he comes up and hits on her. He's like, "I love the redheads," <laughs> and she's just she just starts picking her fro because she's know. just totally into it. I know. I love that. She was adorable. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite characters in the whole movie. Yeah. Well, and maybe I mean that's that's the other part I appreciate about it is is on one hand maybe yeah she hung out with these guys and these guys were too scared to ask her out. But I think on the other hand, like they were all so cool with each other that there's not this like sexual tension they're not like you know one of them's pitted against the other guy like they're all just cool they're all friends and they there's no awkwardness like it's just you know there's not that expectation for a romance to bloom between any of them they're just nerds and they all like hanging out with each other yeah which you don't see that with many uh, movies that revolve around a high school. Usually you have, yeah, you have the underdog, you have the the popular kids, and, and there's just this, you but know. this is Austin. It's true. It's true. Austin in the 70s, I'm sure, was a awesome place to be. It was an awesome place to be in the 90s, too. 
Yeah, I it, bet. It, it was it's never hard to get along with people in Austin. And <laughs> and this was in the suburbs. This was set in near the Lee High School area. So this is out yeah. in the suburbs. These aren't inner city kids. This is a small suburb uh outside of North Austin. Yeah, but I grew up in a town just like that. I mean, if I don't know, like you could like put them up together like mirror each other and they'd look exactly the same and I there were some serious cliques in the school that I went to. I mean, I I was in a class of 60. And, you know, you definitely had the segregation of the different kinds of group of kids. Like, I'd known these kids since preschool. And, yeah, we were all nice to each other. But I would not elect to hang out with them at a party. Like, I'd probably avoid them. Hmm. So, it's just, it's interesting. I, you know, it's, in my experience, all the parties that I went to when I was, you know, in junior high, high school is a different story. But, which wasn't many, but everyone was there. It wasn't there. There was you I know, everyone from the shit kickers to the brothers were hanging out at the same places. I wasn't allowed to go to parties when I was in high oh, school. No. <laughs> I wasn't afraid of sneaking out. Yeah. Um, We've also got um, Joey Lauren Adams in this movie. Yeah. Who is Pink's girlfriend. But we don't know that until the movie's almost over. Yeah. It was really weird because at the beginning he like kisses her goodbye as she goes to do whatever oh yeah i totally forgot about and that then he part. makes out with mitch's sister in the woods yeah. and he's like trying to get in on her junk and she's like don't you have a girlfriend and he's like uh oh yeah i do don't i <laughs> yeah and then later on they meet up and it's like nothing happened like i don't know Maybe if the movie went on, we would have seen some drama, but I think, yeah, I think, I think maybe a lot was cut from this movie and I think that's probably for the best. I mean, did we really need to see the, the love triangle unfold? Probably no, nah, it's going to harsh the buzz, man. Yeah. You can't harsh the buzz. Harsh the the buzz, man. (laughs) So uh, Joey Lauren Adams is, is awesome. She's another one of my favorites. She was in SFW, which you haven't seen and you need to see. Nope, I haven't. Uh, Mall Rats. She was in Mall Rats. She was in Biodome. Holy That's crap, right. she was in Biodome. That's right. Ah. Uh, and uh, Chase and Gaby. So Ben Affleck, I, I'm very about. impressed with his performance. Ben Affleck was the best actor in this film. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, he did get a little bit hammy, but it still looked good. Yeah. Like even when he, every time he lost his shit, it looked great. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone thinks he's just a joke. Like, yeah. everybody, like, they hang around him, but they're, like, he's just, again, he's that token guy that everybody hangs around, but they all secretly, like, talk shit about behind well, his back. I think they're afraid of what would happen if they quit hanging out with him. You know? He'd probably, like, go psycho and try to paddle them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the guy you keep around because you want him on your side when, when he finally has his mental break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who knew? Oh. Who knew looking at that asshole you'd think that he goes on to be this phenomenal multi-million dollar famous yeah. movie star. It's it's crazy. Him and and Mila Hovovic, who could have known? Mila looks good. She yeah. is she's kept on to it for but sure. But she's a freak of nature tall supermodel. So It's true. She's she's amazing. I I want to know and I don't know and I should probably know, but I want to know how the fuck she ended up in Austin making dazed and confused because she's not she's not from here no and uh and she was doing french movies before that so Mm -hmm. what the fuck happened i don't know i'm sure there's a story there had a great agent i guess 
or a crappy the shittiest one. agent ever. <laughs> hey, I'm going to fly you to Texas to work on a $6 million movie. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Adam Goldberg, mm-hmm. he's done a bajillion movies. Yeah. He's, he's a fantastic comedian. Yeah. He, um, he's done, he's done a lot of, oh my God, he's done so much stuff. Just going through his IMDb, yeah. IMDb page, I'm just scrolling through going, wow, I didn't know he was in that. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Um, so- the Salt and Sea. He was in the Salt yeah. and Sea. He was in A Beautiful Mind. Yep. He played one of um, one of his friends, like real friends, not the imaginary friend. Um, <laughs> he was on David Fincher's Zodiac, one of my favorite movies. You know, he was in a very little known TV show. It was only 10 episodes long and it got canceled. And it's so sad because it's amazing. Um, it's a It was a TV show called The Unusuals. Never saw it. No, yeah, it's got Jeremy Renner and Adam Goldberg. It's got it's got so many great people in it, and it's a detective show. He plays a detective. Hmm. He's great. He's he's so perfect, and that's probably my favorite. Other than Days and Confused, it's probably my favorite thing that he's been in, and nobody knows about it because it got canceled, and it makes me so sad. He was in an episode of Lore. Oh, really? He was in Lore, and when I saw him, I was like, oh, it's Bay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You said uh, Adam Goldberg is Bay. I did write that in my notes. I totally he, did. He was also on Waking Life uh-huh. with Wiley Wiggins. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie. Um, also, want to talk about Anthony Rapp because I didn't yeah. know I didn't know who he was. I know he's been in a lot of stuff, uh, but what what I know him from is Star Trek uh, Discovery, which is a, the new Star Trek series. It's really good. He's on it. He's he's probably the best thing on that show, and uh, and I did not know that that was him playing Tony on Dazed and Confused. Yeah, I see. I know him from Rent. And I didn't see Rent. Yeah, I mean, because he he did the stage show for a little while, but then they did the movie, and he got to be in the movie, which was super cool. Um, but that's what I know him from. And every time that I see him in Dazed and Confused, I'm like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna make it big, man. You're gonna do so good. You're gonna be great. It's awesome. I love watching and, him. And I would say that he's probably he's there, uh, especially since now he's kind of got a little bit of the the spotlight because he Aww. is at the center of the Kevin Spacey thing. Apparently, Kevin Spacey tried to take his pants off while he was passed out at a party. Oh, and he, that just makes my heart hurt. This like, is the guy that blew oh, it all up. Bless this, this guy, Anthony Rapp, killed House of Cards. Well. I Maybe mean, it deserves it. Kevin Spacey killed House of Cards with his behavior, but Anthony Rapp got the ball rolling. Nope, that's good. That's great. I'm, yeah. That makes me super happy. I, I, like, just for that, just for him, like, messing with Anthony Rapp, I want to kick Kevin Spacey in the balls. Yeah, absolutely. Like, why would you? He was a, a he was an innocent person, little guy. Well, like, he was also, you, like, 14 when this happened. Yes. Yeah. Why would you do that? Oh, that makes me... That makes me want to rage punch him in the throat. <laughs> but he is fantastic in Star Trek Discovery. I was kind of surprised that he didn't put Wiley Wiggins in Boyhood because uh, Wiley Wiggins was like Link Ladder's boy. Yeah, you know Wiley Wiggins was in a sh- like all of Link Ladder's early work, like mm-hmm. Slackers, Waking Life, Scanner Darkly, um, and Days to Confused. He was in all of them. Yeah. He was the star of Waking Life. The uh, Waking Life was about his character and. I think he actually, he came up with the concept for Waking Life and Linklater wrote it. Huh. 
So they were friends. Yeah. You know, one of the very first blogs that I ever read was Wiley Wiggins' blog. Really? Yeah. And uh, I followed him for a little while. Oh, yeah. I wrote here, what does Wiley Wiggins look like now? The next line is, fuck, he looks like me. <laughs> What else do I have? Oh, Joey Lauren Adams. She's always adorable. Yeah. I love Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah. She was great. Um, I don't know. I, I wanted Pink to be with Jody more than I wanted him to be with with uh, Simone. Simone. Yeah. Now, Jody is a little... I, I shipped them. They had more screen time together than he and Simone did. Well, so. he was definitely more into Jody than he sure. was into Simone. And And it would be pretty easy to say that... Him and Simone's relationship was casual anyways, you know? Yeah, because she didn't really, like, I don't know. She seemed a little, maybe on the edge of bitchy, kind of possessive, but I don't know. I didn't get the vibe that she was, like, jealous or anything. She didn't seem to be too into Pink either way. No, I think, no. And he certainly wasn't into her. No, but at the they end up riding off together like um, i don't know maybe maybe it is a more casual thing i just at the beginning of the movie they set it up to be where they are a couple like he kisses her goodbye like you don't do that if you're not a couple so i don't know slater's on a whole different level from everyone else in this yeah, movie he is. He's, yeah he is he's just he's on and the- we i think we all do a slater i knew a slater his I name was slater. elliot uh you know there's there's always one of those guys but he is definitely the best movie stoner I've never seen a better movie stoner. Yeah. Well, I would I would even go so far as to say as he inspired other movie stoners. He definitely inspired Brad Pitt on True Romance. Yeah, he totally did. Yeah. I would even say again, I would even go so far as to say that he inspired James Franco's stoner in Pineapple Express. Sure. Yeah. I think he probably inspired James Franco's entire fucking career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably probably so you know i think there's a lot there's a lot that can be learned from slater and he's on a different level but it is the best level i don't know he was the cosmo kramer of this movie for sure (laughs) well he also has this little little miniature character plot going through about being shotgun all the time oh yeah that's right that's right he's at one point he gets out at the emporium and he's like um he's like I'm going inside, but I still have shotgun. Me going inside does not get rid of the fact that I called shotgun. Which we all know it totally does. It totally does. Yeah. But through the whole movie, like, he just really loves shotgun. He hates riding in the back. And at the end of the movie, he's like, I never get shotgun, even though he rides shotgun all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He totally He did. was in gym class with the coach. <laughs> With the with the football coach, he's like, "Remember me? You remember Second me from gym class?" Gym. Well, see, my next favorite one that he does is, I guess he's looking at Cynthia, and he goes, "Don't I know you? I'm from your biology class." Yeah, he sat behind her in biology. <laughs> Chick with a big red fro, and he has to go. Do I know you? <laughs> yeah, Slater was on a lot of drugs. So, what do you think it was? Like Slater took random drugs throughout the movie. Like, you'd you'd see him swallowing pills and shit just at random. What all drugs do you think Slater was on? He smoked pot. I think he said that he did some acid at some point. I think at the very beginning, he goes to the water fountain and he takes something. And I think he said that he just took some acid. I can't even think of what he would possibly take because 
I mean, he's already high. Like, why would you want to take like hydrocodone or oxy? Or... Well, that shit didn't exist back then. No, so maybe he had. I don't There's know. really only a few things he could have been taking. It was probably like quaaludes. Yeah. It, any pills he took were probably quaaludes, but you never really see him like nod off. I don't know. No. Slater was very. He was an ambiguous drug user. Yeah. You see him take stuff, but they never say what it is. You there's really not even a whole lot of pot smoking in this movie for I, being the quintessential stoner movie. I disagree with that. I feel like they're lighting up about as much as they possibly in the movie. I feel like they were lighting up about as much as they could without it getting old. Like, yeah, while they're in the cars, yeah. while they're at the party, they didn't while they're at smack school. you in the face with the drug humor, right. which I thought no. was great because I can't stand uh, the fucking james franco stoner movies they're fucking obnoxious yeah i've never been able to stand cheech and chong i've never been able <laughs> it's just too too much and yeah. they this was not too much yeah i mean you know the thing is is that like you know everybody's smoking and everyone's high as fuck but they're not going to be like here's a movie about weed all in your face <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then they had a pot leaf on the uh cover but I, I guess they were just playing for the times you know yeah. i mean pot yeah, sure. was a was becoming something that people could talk about back then mm -hmm. and uh it was still very illegal in texas uh to have pot uh, it's much less illegal in texas now despite the fact that slater's wearing a shirt with a uh, marijuana leaf on it i don't think it would be the same without him It'd be weird no, no, no! It him. certainly wouldn't. Slater is one of the great things about this movie, mm -hmm. but Slater also turns this movie into a comedy, and I do think it's kind of kind of cool that there's that one guy who's who will challenge Slater. Don, yeah, nobody else was fucking with Slater. Slater almost seemed like sacrosanct to these people. Like Slater was was their mascot. Yeah, even Clint got along with Slater. They were hanging out in the wood shop and shit. Oh, Bannon got along with Slater. Yeah. Nobody nobody hated Slater, but Dodd was like, you're a fucking dork. <laughs> He's the only person that even acknowledged that Slater was a weirdo. The scene where they're at Pinkford's house and they're like dealing the weed and yeah. the dad comes in. Well, they're all like, everybody's running around, like spraying air freshener uh -huh. and like turn on the fan and, and Slater just like sticks the bag of weed in his shirt like he never moves he just silently slides it up <laughs> into his shirt just sits down and like it's so oh my god it just perfect. He, he doesn't give perfect. a fuck no he does Slater not. gives no fucks he does not i just don't know if i could function if i was perpetually high all the time because that's what he is like i don't think that kid ever is not high like i he probably has a joint just on his person at any given moment so i just don't know if i could function like that all the time like how i it's the same for people who are like drunk all the time how do you yeah he is the weed life? version of a drunk isn't he, he is he just takes it way to the extreme you know i know people that are high all the time that's they it's fine but that was different. He was a different <laughs> kind of guy. But he but he also was not just smoking weed in this movie. He was doing other drugs. That's true. We don't know what, but we know he was on something else. It's very true. A lot of these I, people yeah. didn't act. You know, some of them didn't act. Sabrina wasn't an actress. She didn't act. Kate didn't <laughs> act. Simone didn't act. And That's then true. there's that one chick that was only in one scene. Um, Siobhan. 
she Come had like on. one one line and it, it, she just completely sucked or a lot of these people weren't actors i think maybe a lot of these people were link ladder's friends um it's possible I, I think several of them were I, I i'm fairly certain that that um that matthew mcconaughey was he was mm-hmm. also he also gave a really good performance in this movie even though he creeped me out all the time <laughs> uh I, I thought he was he did a good job yeah um for sure you know there's so many people in this film and a lot of them are small parts you've got uh jody mitch's sister uh-huh and you know she was great uh but a small part she just kind of shows up you remember Kay? she was in one scene Kay. she not terry hatcher not terry hatcher yeah that's so oh yeah she was in the smoking in the bathroom scene at the beginning she yeah. was great I thought she was she was really good, and she just had that one scene. Yeah. Um. We had uh, Julie Mitch's love interest. She was terrible. Yeah, she wasn't. And I mean, maybe this makes me a terrible person, but of all the high school chicks that he could have macked on, she was not the best, be was she? And and she never acted after this. She's a writer. She still lives in Austin. Oh, really? And uh, this was the only film she ever did. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think she was probably one of Linklater's friends. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to... Because he's from Texas. So yeah, if you're going to... He's from Austin. Yeah. If you're going to make a movie, why not put people that you know instead of having to, like, audition people? <laughs> that yeah. makes more sense. Uh, Jason O. Smith played Melvin, the token black guy. He mm-hmm. was awesome. Fucking awesome. He's Never great. acted again. Really? Really? Oh, that makes me sad. I'd love to see him in more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, apparently he wasn't an actor. He was probably another one of uh, Linklater's friends. Yeah. Hirschfelder, <laughs> played by Jeremy Fix, never <laughs> never did anything noteworthy again. He did continue to act, but not for much longer. Mm. And, uh, you know, faded <laughs> off into the sunset. But we've Hirsch got a we've Felder. got a lot of people in this movie that went on to do similar movies. You know, you, this we've got a bunch of people in here that were in Empire Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a bunch of people here that were in the other um, Linklater films, mm-hmm. uh, Waking Life and Scanner Darkly. Adam Goldberg, goddamn, I would go so far as to say that out of the smaller characters, the smaller roles in this movie, Adam Goldberg was the most successful out of all of them. I feel like Matthew McConaughey and Ben Affleck had a pipeline to God with their agents, like whoever. They must have. Seriously. I mean, because after that, it was just like onwards and upwards. How the fuck did Ben Affleck end up in Texas doing a $6 million movie? (laughs) That's what I want to know. Either he had the best agent or the worst agent. I don't know. Yeah. We probably should have found this stuff out. It's true. One of the things there's, so in Days and Confused, there is this underlying subplot. Um, (laughs) <laughs> where the coaches have they have written up this document and given it to all of the football players and it says that they will not they will not be involved in any kind of drugs or alcohol or any illegal activities that could make the team look bad and hurt their chances of of being on the team and pink has basically like he's kind of back and forth because all his friends are telling him to sign it just sign it man like just sign it don't worry about it we can still party they won't know about it, blah, blah, blah. But Pink has kind of this, I don't know, like he has this 
He's got some anti-authoritarianism streak in him because he he is he's not he does not want to sign now, it. No, he he won't even fake it. Mm-mm. And and the team is starting to get pissed off at him. The you got uh, Melvin, which is the black guy. Yeah, he's like, man, sign the fucking paper. And you've got uh, the the guy who's not a ginger. Um, oh but, yeah, but really looks like a ginger, <laughs> Benny. Yeah. Uh, Benny um, is like, sign the fucking paper. But I thought it was really cool at the end. Pink decides he's not going to sign it. He's quitting football or whatever. And uh, my man Don comes up. He's like, so that's it? And Pink's like, yep, that's it. And Don's just like, fuck it, okay. You know? Yeah. Just cool about it. Don's a true homeboy. I have that in my notes. Don is a true homeboy. Yeah, he didn't turn against Pink when he decided to to stand up for what he believed in. Which, you know, it kind of... It's kind of an interesting debate because if I had been pink, I don't know if I would have signed it either. I'd have signed it and I'd have continued doing whatever the fuck I wanted to do. See, but the problem is, is that if you sign something like that and then you get caught, it's like that much worse. It's Why? That much, well, because you get kicked off the team, you get in all kinds of other trouble. Whereas if you don't sign it and you're not on the football team, you know, who gives a shit? The fact of the matter is, is that if you were in that position, whether you sign the paper or not, the consequences are still the same. I guess so. I just, I feel like for him, it's like this moral thing. It is. Like he just, he doesn't want to sell himself out. Yeah. He balls up that paper and he throws it at the coach and he's like, I will never sign that. Which I don't know. I feel like Pink is a level above everybody in this movie. Like, yes, he parties and yes, he's, you know, he's a teenage boy, but he's just at this level where he's like, he says at the end of the movie, if these, if my high school years are the the best I'm going to get, then he's like, I'm just going to kill myself. Like, I, I mean, that just speaks volumes about his character because he's not like all of these other you know all of these other people like he has these i don't know he's got ambitions yeah he wants more than high school football and i get that but i also think that's a real dead stark way of going about the whole thing you know yeah honor and duty and whatnot <laughs> fuck off sign which, the paper why make your life harder which is funny because you know i i, I see that pink is a is a level above everybody else and yet in that same on that same foot like he still decides that he's going to throw away his football career and ride off into the sunrise to buy Aerosmith tickets like I don't know it's just it's a conflicting thing like he wants to be he has this ambition and he wants to be a better person but at the same time he wants to hang out with the, the chuckleheads or whatever the coach calls them right you know um which as an adult with children, it's hard for me not to kind of agree with what the coach is saying. Like, yeah, you're never going to amount to anything if you hang out with people like Slater for the rest of your <laughs> life. Like, really, you don't. And I know people like that. I know people who are stuck in high school and hang out with the same dope heads as they've been hanging out with for the last 10 years. And when I go home or when I go back to my hometown it's sad to see those people that they've never really amounted to anything. Like they just want to hang out and do drugs and, you know, knock up random girls. Like, it's just like that, that to me is, is not a life. Like you're just, it's just sad. And so I, I can't help the adult in me can't help, but side with the coach on that. Like, I don't know. You're a fucking buzzkill. 
<laughs> harsh in the buzz. Harsh in the buzz. I mean, but that's only a small part of me because the other part of me is also about making your own choices and being your own person. And if you want to hang around and smoke weed with your friends all day, then by God, you do that. I think that Pink's plot, which is, by the way, the only plot yep. in this movie, <laughs> is could have just been omitted completely. Mm-hmm. I think it wasted good screen time. I don't know. I think it brought an interesting element to it because it's it's something that they keep coming back to. Sure. And it's an, it's just an interesting... It's an anchor. Yeah. But they didn't need an anchor. They, I mean, this was a movie about nothing and they tried to make it about something. And it's the most tenuous little thing. <laughs> I mean, I get why they did it. It was an anchor. But I just feel like, you know, they probably didn't even need to do that. Well... And it would have made more sense to have a plot like that if the movie had continued. Like if if the party, like the after school thing and the party was just a minimal part of the movie and it went on to show their lives throughout the summer, maybe that, that plot would have kind of had a little bit more um, teeth to it because it's it's affecting his senior year of high school and all of that. But since we're only seeing one day and part of a morning of these kids' lives, then... I can kind of see where you would think that or where you would, you know, come to that conclusion. Well, in a world of paddle hazing, it just seems like a trivial thing to worry about. (laughs) Yeah, these guys, I don't know. They they like paddling way too much. Maybe they They have daddy issues. Maybe they have severe daddy issues that they're just like, oh, man. Oh, man. And they're, like, getting close to the boys, and they're, like, whispering in their ears. Yeah, they're just so creepy. And that's another thing that I have in my notes. By, by like, 45 minutes into this movie, everybody looked like a fucking creep to me. Except except the nerds. I think the nerds kind of kept their poise through the entire thing. You know, the the high school nerds. Yeah. Uh, But, man, Wooderson. Oh, and we've got that amazing scene. Wooderson and um, Pink. And Mitch Kramer's pimp stroll into the Continental. Yeah. The story of the hurricane playing in yes. the background. One of oh. the best scenes ever. That's so cool. Just, so just cool. fantastic. One of the best things about this movie is the cinematography. They've got these really cool scenes. Like there's that one. And then there's the one near the end where Mitch is walking through the party at the moon tower and he's drunk. Mm-hmm. And it's like a like a handheld shot where they're just kind of following him around and stumbling with him. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it, that in a movie at that point. And I thought yeah. it was just the coolest shit. Uh, just amazing shots. The the shots of uh, in front of the Centennial, you know, the the high school girls yeah. uh, line. <laughs> that that shot is just so cool. That big wide shot of them just sitting on the wall. Beautiful, colorful, you know, mural behind them. Yeah. Just shooting the shit. Who knew? I mean, really, who knew that the creepiest line in that movie became the most popular and well-known quote probably of all time? Yeah. I mean, that's what people associate matthew mcconaughey with that yep. all right all right all right he will have that will be on his tombstone he says that people just <laughs> say that to him about in public you know he lives in austin yep it's funny because people say that they will um if they've seen him he just kind of looks like a beach bum yeah like he just walks around in like shorts and no shirt and flip-flops and he's just he's just cool man we're the aliens man George Washington was in a cult, and the cult was into aliens, man. And behind every great man 
there is a woman, and that woman was Martha, Martha Washington. Washington. She was a hip hip lady. <laughs> Fucking Slater. That's probably my favorite line. Like they are just they are so baked. Mila's, you know, playing the guitar and at one point she gets distracted by her lighter as she's trying to like light her joint they are just talking about <laughs> life <waxing> poetic <laughs> they totally are it, it, yeah and and that is that is a great scene so like apparently wooderson was the he went all state and that cop that stopped him at the 50 yard line at the at the uh, football field yeah they were talking shit to he was talking shit he's <laughs> like you're just mad because i got all state you did i just thought that was funny yeah small it almost, town shit you know yeah and they it's and those cops just let them go too they're just like yeah. you kids and then they just drive off like oh there there goes wooderson banging <laughs> some teenage girls again <laughs> <laughs> i don't know though my okay so mitch's mom is probably the coolest mom on the planet because if i had strolled in at sunrise <laughs> i i would have been dead or locked yeah. in a cage or sent to Catholic school. Like, I would have not been alive. And so the fact that she's like, you get a free pass. Like, <laughs> what? What? That I needed that. You can be my mom. Like, that's, I mean, I love my mom. I don't want anybody else to be my mom. But, you know, I guess maybe back in the 70s, it's like, well, it's inevitable that my 13-year-old son is going to go out and get drunk and make out with high school girls. Like, you rascal, you. So how about uh, Mitch being a pimp at the liquor store? He totally was. Oh, my God. He was a badass. Hell, yeah. That he, kid. Flawless. That guy was like, you're you're 18, right? And he's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Just graduated. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's great. I mean, he becomes the cool kid. Like, he got them beer and hanging out with juniors and so oh, so mitch is is the new pink didn't think about he's that. his protege yeah pink totally took him under his wing and he just did. just like his sister took sabrina under her wing yeah and they both ended up with people older than them yeah so. well that's true why not that's true yeah i didn't even think about him being the next pink because pink's a mac daddy like yeah. for real like pink, pink is like a paragon he's the nicest guy in the world he is. pink is like jesus in this movie yeah. Every time you see Rory Cochran doing some crazy shit, it's just cool. Everything Rory Cochran does is just cool. Yeah. You know, like like when they're climbing the moon towers, he's just sitting there. Yeah. You know, on the on the rail, they're probably like thirty feet up in the air, and he's just chilling. You know. <laughs> so how about the uh, the mailbox smashing sequence? Also went to school with guys who did that. Yeah, me too. We had to en- we had to encase our mailbox in cement so they wouldn't do that anymore because it was a um, it was a common thing to go out on like Saturday morning and find your mailbox all busted to shit. It was probably because of that movie. I'd never seen a mailbox smashing scene in a movie until this. Really? But I'll tell you what, it made me want to smash some fucking mailboxes real bad. <laughs> and then he throws the he, he throws the bowling ball. They're all like. Oh my god! Oh my Everyone's god, just so... like completely gobsmacked. It's like, what the fuck did y'all think was gonna happen? <laughs> right, right. They're like, hand me the bowling ball. Like it was no big <laughs> deal, and just boom, right in the back of somebody's car. Great, and of course it'd be Mitch, right? Which also, which ultimately makes him even more cooler. Like that much cooler. The fact that you threw a bowling ball into someone's car and just—I mean, yeah, that's he's cool 
Mitch's plan to get back O'Banion is fucking brilliant. They lured him out. They used Carl to lure him out because O'Banion had been looking for Carl all fucking night. Oh, yeah, because his mom to... pulled a shotgun in his right, face. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You're fucking dead. <laughs> I love that shit. Oh, he was so bad. Oh, and, and then they dumped the paint on him, and, and he just went mental. Oh, smashed his beautiful paddle that he spent all day making in Woodshop. Shame, shame, it said, shame. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, oh my god, I'm such an idiot. I did not even realize that's what that said. I for the longest time I was like FAQ. Oh, that's that's I don't know what that means, but okay. But now that makes complete sense. So he wow. was basically etching fuck you into the butts of all these kids. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. That's just that's so so perfect. Isaac fucking Newton, right before Clint beats up Adam Goldberg. Oh, yeah. He, he, like, busts out with this awesome diatribe, and he just, like, goes into him. And I felt bad, but at the same time, I kind of get it. You know? I do think Clint was a big fucking asshole, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he was. Clint was just beating people up for fun at the party. He was that dickhead at the party who just ruins everything. Yeah. What did what did Adam Goldberg's character say? Well, he just walked by him and said, "Smells like someone's token some reefer." Oh yeah, and, yeah, and, and then Clint sets just, him off for oh, whatever yeah. reason. He wasn't having that shit at all. But but Clint was just looking for anybody's ass to beat. Well, yeah, of course, definitely for sure. So uh, so Don, um, he wants to get some beer. And so he says, oh, look, it's the cops. And all the people around the keg, just, oh, yeah. they just run off into the woods. He's like, yeah, this is the easiest thing. It's like, like the <laughs> shittiest thing you could possibly ever do. Yeah, but he was, I don't know, to me, out of all of them, he was kind of, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that he's, he's the creepiest, but he's, I, I feel like he's. Wooderson's the creepiest. Well, but I feel like Don's in second Don's place. Don's pretty then. fucking creepy. He is real creepy, especially, oh God, especially in the hazing scene when he asked that girl to open her mouth. Uh, yeah. Like that to me, I'm just like, I mean, it fits with the character, but like that just raised up his creepiness level to. They're all kind of creepy though. Yeah. All the high schoolers are kind of creepy. Pink's not really creepy. No, not pink, but everyone else. Slater's not really creepy. Like he's just kind of observing in in the, you know, background and he might comment a little bit, but he's not like a pervert. He's just weird. So Don and Melvin both try and give Mitch Kramer advice on how to bag that girl, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's all horrible advice. <laughs> like he says uh, you know, basically he's telling him to red pill the girl. And uh, he didn't do it. Oh, I didn't realize that's what he said. Yeah, he said uh, he was like, you know, tell her, tell her I got my own ride, but maybe I'll see you later. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but fortunately, Mitch didn't do it. He uh, played it smooth and, uh, you know, it happened yeah. for him. Oh, I loved it when uh, after Adam Goldberg's character gets beat up and the the high school nerds are leaving the 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 park for the party. Mm -hmm. uh, Pink just kind of throws a jab at him and calls him Ali. Yeah, it's like this like the shittiest thing you could do. But when Pink does it, it's so awesome. Yeah, and Mike 
Mike was just kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever, asshole. Like, yeah. he doesn't get mad. He's just, yeah. he knows that he was beaten. Like, he knows he was, he the shit was beat out of him. And he's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Was it Cynthia that said, maybe a... 15 years or so, everybody will forget all about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love probably. that. But it's it's kind of like what you said, though. It's a vignette of everyone else because, yeah, you see pink a lot, but you see a lot of everyone else, too. I mean, it's it's it doesn't it doesn't evenly for everybody else. Like it's it's balanced enough to where it's not just about pink. It's about everyone else and their journey through this last day of school. You know, cause yeah. it, it all starts out so mild and then it kind of ends in this, I don't know. It's I, really kind of beautiful the way it ends, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's so, not really satisfying, but it's, it, it is. An, I find I it know. very satisfying. I, I kind of so. felt like the end was like this relaxing period, you know, like the, like, like everything went to hell and now it's just, you Good know, again. Tuesday's gone and we're riding out to get tickets to Aerosmith. <laughs> This movie makes me just nostalgic for the time period that it actually came out. I was in junior high. I was pretty much in the same place. And it was the 90s and we didn't have cell phones and we didn't have anything. People just had to get drunk and stoned to enjoy themselves. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was four. You were four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my shenanigans were dumb shenanigans like they weren't fun shenanigans because i wasn't allowed to like go to parties and stuff although kind of in retrospect i'm glad my parents did that because there was a lot of like drug abuse and pregnant girls <laughs> in my class so yeah. i'm maybe it was a good thing that my parents kept me at home we've got some great fucking music in this movie oh man the soundtrack is a1 top notch just best selections you could have ever picked for a movie it's insanely good like that, really when tuesday's gone starts playing they are all just wrecked they and are. they're riding off into the sunrise so um summer breeze makes summer. me feel fine i that song i'd never heard that song before i saw this movie really and i loved it i love the way they used it too they woke up uh it was mitch and whatever girl it was yeah. he hooked up with and uh and they were in the park uh they'd slept there after the party and they woke up they were on a blanket and summer breeze starts playing yeah and i just thought that was just great there there was two soundtrack cds there was there was this the red one and there was the blue one and the red cd had like the alice cooper songs and the kiss songs and then the blue one had uh summer breeze tuesday's gone and i bought that one it also had like a like um right place wrong time typo negative did an awesome cover of summer breeze also we've got fox on the run yes fox on the run i fucking love that song and yeah the regrets do a really great cover of fox on the run so mm -hmm. you should listen to mm -hmm. it if you haven't heard it yeah i always i always sing when that song comes on and the movie and it always annoys people because they're like hello we're listening and i'm like I'm singing. That's more <laughs> yeah, important. Yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack in this fucking movie was just so, the best. I'm going to listen to that on the way home. Just rock out to Days and Confused songs. So uh, I think that's it. It sure was fun watching the movie again. I, it was. I love this film. 
I I honestly I I know that I ragged on Slater, but I still love him. I love <laughs> everything about this movie. Yeah, it's a perfect film. Me too. I and it's right up there with with Fifth, fifth Element. Yes, like it's. I mean, it's on that scale of favorite movies that I could just watch pretty much every day. I would never ever switch off Dazed and Confused if it was playing. Um, <laughs> it's just it's it's the best movie. Richard yeah. Richard Linklater uh really had lightning in a bottle with this movie um never really matched the success since uh one good thing that we can say about this film is that none zero not one of these people are dead that's true so anyways that's all we've got for uh this week's episode of dumpster fire cinema it's been a lot of fun yeah uh thank you for listening Jordan, you want to tell them about our social media stuff we got going on? Yes, we have a lot of, uh, we actually are pretty much on every platform. I actually was thinking about um, trying to get on like Instagram and stuff. But um, Hell yeah, do it. We are on Facebook under Dumpster Fire Cinema. We're on Twitter at Defire Cinema. Uh, we also are, are on our website at DumpsterFireCinema.com. Um, so yeah, check us out. I mean, really it's, uh, we already have quite a few listeners, which we were kind of giggling cause we have a few in, in, uh, France. France, France. I know we have one in Brazil, which yeah. is super cool. Yeah. So spread the word, keep listening to us, rate us on iTunes, leave comments. Um, you could also just let us know if there's a movie that you want us to, you want us to review. And I mean, we'll, again, we'll have a movie night. We'll have a good time with it. Um, I know that next time we're, we are wanting to do a scary movie. We haven't decided which one yet. So if you have a suggestion for which scary movie we should review, even if it's completely obscure or it's weird, whatever it is, let us know and and we'll do it. Um, Cause like I said, we're still up in the air about that. Also, it's kind of uh, still a little bit further around the corner, but um, we're wanting to do a Christmas movie. But we're wanting to do kind of a not-so-Christmas movie. like not Nothing like The Grinch or Christmas Carol or Christmas Story. Just something that's Christmas-centered, but just kind of off the, off the map a little bit, maybe. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening to us. Like I said, check us out on all our social media. and uh, Oh, and I want to say to our French listeners... Uh, fucking give us some feedback we want to know why you're listening yes ex- oh i'm super interested like yeah. what is it that that drew you to us and if it's a, even if it's a fluke like i just want you guys to be like yeah we were just kind of fucking around and we found you guys like i don't even care that's that's cool as shit yeah if you guys are still listening get in contact with us we want to talk to you yeah absolutely so uh thanks for listening everybody we love you thanks thank you for listening to them stuff be sure to tell your friends you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.